Good morning and welcome to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. You're listening to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my co-host today is Claire Cogan. Good morning, Claire. Good morning. Uh, Claire's a teen specialist and author of Reopening the Slam Door, and Claire's guest is Emily Guyver. Good morning, Emily. Emily is from Sweet Dreams Sleep Coaching and um, Claire who has been on our show several times as our teen specialist has has worked with Emily lots because obviously we can all relate to uh, teens and preteens and their uh, sleep patterns. So what we're going to be chatting about today is Claire and Emily are going to help you understand changes in your children's sleep patterns, how you can help your teen or preteen and also how Emily can help you further if you're finding that you need a bit more help if you have any questions um, for claire or emily you can email rachel at river.radio or you can send us a tweet or message on instagram or facebook all at river radio live so keep listening as always you can listen on your app ask alexa to play river radio through our website river.radio and we're now on dabs you can listen to us in your car so claire i'm gonna hand over to you awesome well thank you for having me again (laughs) I turn up like a bad penny don't I really um but I'm really really pleased to have Emily with us this morning because um I'm full of admiration for the work that Emily does um with sleep um but really importantly um to start with Emily can you introduce yourself and what you do and most importantly how you got there in the first place (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm Emily, I run Sweet Dreams Sweet Coaching, um, I basically have a couple of the whole bucks and further beyond. Um, so I've worked with families um, for over 25 years in various capacities, um, but kind of specialised in sleep, um, really following my own children who've had, had issues with their own sleep um, and have sort of diagnosed sleep conditions, so kind of led me down that path. Um, I understand what it's like to feel completely sleep deprived. Um, So yeah, so I kind of specialised and actually uh, did the Holistic Sleep Coaching Programme, which is a level six in very, it's gentle and responsive, but it's kind of um, evidence-based, which I think is really important because I think there's a lot of um, people out there who... Um, perhaps you know it's, it's all just their own experience rather than kind of looking at an evidence base mm. of what sleep, absolutely you know, is and how it changes over the years. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just developed from there. Really. Awesome. So very often our our work and our businesses come from kind of personal experiences because I think you know a bit like what I do, we can really relate to what parents and carers are going through. Uh, and also the children and young people as well and what the challenges challenges might be so sleep is is quite a big one isn't it right now for and I and I think you know one thing that I've observed and I don't know whether you have the same but the um since during the pandemic since lockdown uh, it feels like there are a lot more challenges with maybe the older older children's sleep patterns and changes so I wonder if you can kind of um share a little bit about the journey that children maybe go through you know from from the baby days when you just desperately wanted them to sleep and they just had their own rhythm and to into the kind of preteen and teen years and kind of what changes through those times and what the different challenges can be yeah sure so yeah like you say when they're when they're young you know we spend a lot of time with them 
spend most of our time trying to get them to nap well and sleep well. Um, and then, you know, they tend to you know, go off to school and generally they're not napping in the day, so they're sleeping quite well at night. And then, yeah, they hit the, the pre-teen and teen stage. Um, and, you know, what I think some parents don't always realise is it's very natural for um, children, uh, so for teenagers, for their sleep patterns to change. Um, they tend to, their, their sleep phases are more delayed, so they don't get, they genuinely do not get tired until much later. Um, and that could, and often much later than parents themselves. So parents want to go off to bed and their teens are still awake. That's what happens in our house. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I was too. I'm going, good night. <laughs> like, just... Turn the light off I when mean, you come I, upstairs. I just didn't expect it to happen until they were a bit older. Yeah. No, it, uh, it, yeah, it can happen um, early, yeah, earlier than you, than you think. And I mm. think you know, there's that pushback of, but I'm not tired. And you're saying, but you need to go to bed because you've got to get up for school. And they, they, you know, they do, it's the same as if we try and make ourselves go to bed early. You can't. The more you lay there trying to go to sleep, you can't go to sleep. So... An understanding of the fact that they physically cannot get to sleep and they're not tired helps, but the problem we have is if they're not going to sleep or not getting tired until 11, 12 o'clock, which is pretty much the kind of common times, and they need 8 to 10 hours of sleep, that doesn't fit well when they've got to get up for school the next day. So you know, there, there tends to be this battle between teens and their parents because the parents are understandably saying, well, you, know, you need to be asleep. Cause you, you know, and we, we all know, I think you know, most people know, that the effect on not sleeping... That, that has on you know studying concentration focus you know mood food eating you know it, it does it's, it ends up being a bit of a vicious cycle and I know there was, um, we've spoken about this before, Claire, about how there has been loads of research and debate about whether secondary school should start later, mm. which mm. would just, would, would totally make sense, wouldn't it? But it ma- it I guess maybe reality. Sense. Well, it, America, yeah. they have, some states have, so some parents have lobbied in, and there are states mm. that do start later. I mean, they generally start much earlier anyway in the morning than our schools but you know there are some states that have kind of realized this that you know they're more productive they're less tired Mm. they're going to be more yeah, and I think, you know, I always feel sorry when I sort of drive up the road and see these kids at like quarter seven, seven o'clock in the morning waiting at a bus stop and you're yeah. just like, oh, what in the middle of winter, bless them. Maybe but, you know, it's the way our society is yeah. is kind of driving it. And I think obviously with work and our own, the way society works in terms of, well, not really nine to five, but, you know, the way that operates, it's hard, isn't it? If we've got kids that we've got to get out the door in mm. the morning and we're not we're not necessarily there so that's a really big challenge so what age would you say that starts to shift is it quite variable in terms of ages does it does it kind of is it there a pattern vary. yeah no it can vary it's generally i mean roughly once they go up to secondary school it can kind of start any time well mm. you know, some i do see children who are younger and, and you know turn into primary school who are struggling with sleep but Generally, it tends to be that kind of, yeah, that just edging into, into teen years that it mm. really shifts. And you sort of, sometimes it can happen overnight, mm. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be, yeah, all parents don't realise. So sometimes they haven't realised that their, their young person isn't going to sleep until quite late. Mm. It's only when they're then seeing the behaviours the next day that they realise that, you know, they're still awake on their phone or, um, you know, they're, they're kind of not not going to sleep as early as they thought they were. Right, you mentioned phone, and this is something that I want to ask about because it's a very, very challenging issue around devices at night time. So um, how do you work with parents and teens around sort of devices and phones and things? Because we, I think we're all, we all know 
that that blue light stuff is inhibits obviously what you were talking about the melatonin production and that actually but it, it we know that stuff but it's about how we implement it and how we make it work for our our family so what's your kind of <laughs> you're you're smiling because I know it's such a challenge it's such a difficult one I know Rachel and I've had this conversation oh, oh and we've made some really big mistakes I just wish that we'd we'd enforced other rules beforehand but you don't know at the time that when that 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 the consequences that there's going to be down the track you know why didn't we just say you can never have your phone in your bedroom after a certain time or all that you can't go back can you so (laughs) hindsight hindsight so what kind of perspective do you take on that I think sometimes for, for the families that come to me with teens it can be just having somebody else so it's you know I know my own children, my, I've got two teenagers, and I know that me saying it is very different to somebody else saying it. So sometimes just having somebody else in, like mm. myself, to work with the teen. So I tend to, I really involve the teen in, in or preteen, in the choices that we make together and the, the plans that we make so that they feel involved. Mm-hmm. I think that's really key because sometimes just telling them things, obviously, that just switches them straight off. Yeah. So keeping them involved, giving them some choices educating them into you know as to why you're not just being mean and boring you, you, you want them to go to sleep and sleep well mm. um so just things like perhaps if they would agree to some kind of like you, you said you know handing it over um at a set time say 10 o'clock um or things like charging it away from the bedside so having it right next to the bed charging is very very tempting i do it myself you know mm. i know i shouldn't look at my phone but i still do it so having the phone if it going to be in their bedroom away you know away from them um or you know outside on the landing or something just so the temptation isn't there can help but using things like um you can get blue like glasses that filter the, the blue light um so they could wear those if they're on screens up until a set time i mean ideally you want them off screens really two hours but ideally an hour before, Be- before they, go, they to go to sleep <gasps> <laughs> we failed we failed i'm just gonna nobody my, has failed hold my hands up now and go we have failed that's the ideal that's it's the failed, ideal exactly so you know things like using the um night mode on screen so it's like a, got the yellowy hue mm-hmm. um, you can set those usually to come on automatically at a set time so a couple of hours before you want them to start getting sleepy using the glasses you know there's things you can do and then you know if it depends how how easy to you know kind of negotiate with your team. I mean, yeah, they're all different, but even if you can say, okay, well, you, you need to hand your, or put your phone down at this time, but how about you do this instead? Or, you know, mm. I know it's hard, because they're not all going to go, yeah, I'll put my phone down and read a book. Oh well, no. I mean, I found I found my my son, my youngest son's phone in the drawer in his bedroom last night. I wasn't actually looking for that. I was looking for something else, and he was trying to stop me getting the drawer. And I'm like, right, what's in there that you don't want me to see? And there was the phone. And I said, you know, you don't have your phone at night. What have you got your phone for? He said, I needed to check my score on some random game he's playing because that's the other problem. They mm. they get hooked into these scores and results, mm. and and they have all sorts of stuff going on. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. So I took it. I took it downstairs. But yeah, they will try because because that that you've always had that rule, though. Is that a rule that downstairs? You, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, just from early on. Um, And I don't know why I think we just did. I think probably because of the work I was already doing and I was already quite mindful Mm. of the impact. But also 
I don't know we just got into the habit however I, I have a struggle now because my oldest is starting his GCSEs next week and he he listens to one of my relaxations to help him go to sleep mm. so he has to have my phone because he can't have his phone because the temptation is just too great to start looking at fantasy football league or oh whatever else that goes on in a teenager's brain so I'm now going he's going to bed and going can I have your phone I'm like but she's actually a good thing for me because it stops me looking at it so and I know there's absolutely nothing interesting on there for him to look at and you know but actually um yeah that's how it rolled in our house and and but I accept that other people have different you know different things different reasons I mean we've always had pet we keep our phones downstairs as well Mm. although 10 Mm. o'clock last night the landline rang (gasps) whose landline ever rings anymore (laughs) that really made me worry so yeah I didn't catch it and there was no message so I assuming it wasn't anyone important so my husband decided to disconnect it but took the phone off hid it behind the cushion and at four o'clock this morning it started beeping so has oh, anyone that- seen that episode in Friends? <laughs> in Friends, where Phoebe was trying to kind of stop the oh, smoke alarm from yeah, beeping, it was yeah. one of those. I couldn't find oh, it. No. I came downstairs. I don't know where he'd hidden it. So I'm lying there at four o'clock in the morning listening to this beep. Oh no! I was just like, who has a land? I went. No, we're getting rid of it now. I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I'm done. No, they don't. I don't know why we still do. We do. We have we have two people who call it, so we know who it is. We know, oh, it's either going to be that person or it's going to be that person. Well, yeah, 10 o'clock at night, you're kind of like, oh, who mm. is that person? Who, who's ringing the yeah. landline? Oh and when God. when our landline rings, I, I don't I don't think, I think it's just the way out. It, it cuts off any internet connection. Oh. Must be where we are or to do with, don't ask me the technical oh. side bit, but it, it cuts everything off. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, so if it rings in the day, yeah, that's it. Everything gets cut off. But oh, I don't know. I mean, it is, we know it's a really contentious mm. issue, isn't it? And I think you're right, Emily. It's, it's very much around, you have to help the teen understand what's in it for them. What's the reason? You know, why do I need to not look at my phone you know because I don't know whether you you get this but but my friends are online Mm. and I miss Mm. out and Mm. what if there's something going on on a Mm. chat or something and I'm not I'm Mm. not involved and how how do you respond to that one because I struggle with that one with the teens I work with sometimes yeah I think you know I I generally explain you know what what one you know what your friends are doing is is up to their parents obviously Mm. it depends if I'm working yeah I'm talking to my own teens or working with but you know it's just comes again around to sort of them understanding why mm. rather than feeling that it's just a rule that's there that's pointless because yeah. that just makes them yeah. more likely to, to kick back yeah. exactly yeah I get that. what about if you get the response well it helps me relax <laughs> is that an, a, a real response <laughs> yeah i'm just asking on behalf of an, an anonymous person <laughs> <laughs> you know when you when you they're, they're kind of trying to outsmart you but it helps me to unwind and relax and kind of connect and mm. they come out with you're like hmm yeah, they can I think they're <laughs> say, okay fine we'll use it until what, an hour if it has to be half an hour before they need to go to bed but then we're going to put it down and you can sometimes it'll be well i need to use it because like you said Claire, you know i'm listening to something or this you know they might use it to stream um pink noise or something well, then I'd say, okay, well, then, you know, why you could use a, an old old phone or an Alexa or something, you know, that's not the Yeah, phone. that's a good because idea, yeah. And it's also explaining, going back to them, and this is hard from a parent to child, teen point of view, of 
the, it doesn't actually react relax you this is what goes on in your brain mm. with a phone you know the pings are actually designed to give you a little shot of cortisol every time you, it goes off it's like this little burst of oh, who's that or what's going on you know yeah. that's that's why they do that oh. that's why they do all those things so actually Scary. it's making them more stressed before they go to sleep not less and you know that's where sometimes that explanation can help um it's just drip feeding it isn't it and them understanding about like you, you know the melatonin and how we need to produce melatonin to get sleepy and although as a team their melatonin production will start later mm. they can then dampen it further by being on screen so it then makes them even less tired and, and more wired yeah so just 100%. taking that away will you know and the, you know there's other things when i work with teams we also talk about foods that they can eat sort of to, in, in the evenings that will increase that naturally so you know giving them other other things to focus on as well, I think, can help. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's about giving them them a bit of a plan and putting them in control rather than waiting for the parent to go, you need to go to bed, you need to go to sleep, yeah. I'm taking your phone, or this is what's going to happen. Because we all know they will push back on that mm-hmm. because they are learning how to have their own points of view, even if we don't agree with them. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, should we take a break? And then when we come back... Uh, I mean, we've spoken a bit about what we can do as parents, um, but yeah, it's really, it, it's really just, it's trying to get through to them, isn't it, and help them understand. So maybe we can, you know, talk some more practical tips. I know that there's the, the those lamps, aren't there? Because I know my son's got one. Are they the, one the, the light lamps? Yeah, they're different. Yeah, light my lamps. son's got one. I that, don't know the, exactly. They go off. They go. They go off. Over a period of time, so you, they're like oh, the warm sun, light lamps. Sun, yeah, so, yeah. yeah let's have a let's have have a chat about that um, when we come back. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay, Ta-da! the voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley.
sending alone conversations with a stranger I barely know swearing this will be the last but it probably won't I got nothing left to lose or use or do my bad habits lead to Welcome back. You are listening to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley, um, with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, on School of Parenting. Um, I have my co-host today, Claire Hogan, our teen specialist, and Claire's guest is Emily Guyver from Sweet Dreams Sleep Coaching. So if you missed anything in the first part of the show, you can go and listen again um, on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for River Radio School of Parenting. Parenting, um, because we've covered, well, helping you understand your children's, the changes in their sleep patterns as they, you know, become preteen and a teen. And we've started talking um, about how you can help your teens, things that you can do. Now, that's obviously as well, if your teens listen to you, <laughs> which we know isn't always the case. <laughs> um, but we were just met, we mentioned before, because I know that one of my children have, the, they do have this light which is that he'd actually asked for and and I, a friend of his has got one and it's meant to help with melatonin or whatever <laughs> I don't really exactly know <laughs> I just went yeah that's Emily great Emily can explain that's the science great. behind that <laughs> <laughs> that's great if that kind of helps with things so yeah tell us about those Emily yeah so there are I mean there are all sorts of things you can buy on the market um I would say anything you know it's maybe being aware that the light needs to be very red based ideally because um, anything in the sort of the blue and the white blues is you know we go back to that dampening the melatonin so red tends to be so it goes right back to cave time essentially and, and candlelight and actually you know sleep over the last you know few hundred years has changed for the whole us as a society as we now have bright lights on in the evening you know we have you know led lights in our houses it's all you know it, you need to sort of scale it right back to having that really Dim, um, red or orange. So, so I was confused with that because when I saw the red light on in his room, I mean, I was genuinely confused that that was th- no, that that was going to help. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, the absolute ideal for sleep is dark, yeah, cool and quiet. Yeah. For yep. some, especially for teenagers, you know, and, and older children, sometimes they do need a light or they mm. want a light. So. Anything that's yeah, it's not as long as it's not too bright, um, and ideally that kind of red, red or orange hue. So like salt lamp, um, salt box lamps are good. Um, ideally, you wouldn't have it on all night, but again, yeah, it's not disturbing them too much. And you hit on something there, lead lights. So mm. both of mine had yeah. on their Christmas list. So they, they both got um, lead lights, oh, the and then also those um, hexalights that they're kind of like trendy things so they're like in different shapes you can put them in different patterns on your wall and then you can you sort of touch on them and you can have a whole different combination of lights so that's kind of quite that sounds cool yeah (laughs) I like that (laughs) but 
when they're, so when they're going to bed, there's one child who has the lead lights, the light uh, projector thing, so it looks like the stars, and then the light. <laughs> Like, got a light ser- show going on. Seriously, <laughs> this cannot, you know, be promoting good sleep. I mean, it doesn't help, does it? All these things. No. Whoever produces maybe things. Convince them to perhaps not have that, the ones that are all different colours, and, and then because most of those, the, the, I know the ones you mean, like the, the big long string, aren't they? Yes. That you can put around the top yeah. of the bedroom. Yeah. It's really cool, but you can, you know, they usually can change the colour on them. Yes. So, yeah. So yeah, my daughter loves hers, and she'll sometimes have that's a really really good tip actually because my son's got them and very often i'll be lying in bed and there'll be some kind of light show coming out yes. of his room <laughs> yeah. because he's he's got a remote <laughs> yeah. so yes, he changes yeah. all the colors and he has them all flashing i'm thinking that's really really not gonna help but one child has them on blue because that's the bedroom but you're saying so that's you've said blue so good. whereas i would say oh blue that's nice oh, and calming yeah, no, but good. that's not then no, it's not Yeah. What about yellow, orange, those yeah, kind of yeah, colours? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 And it, and what's really good about this is you're using things that are already in their environments. So you're mm. not trying to put new things mm. in. You're just saying, okay, I, I've, I've never heard of the analogy of the candlelight. I love that, and I think actually if they can make sense of something, this is why. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes it away from you just Mm. nagging them Mm. Um, because I get accused of nagging on a on a daily basis and um, but one thing I was thinking while you were talking Rachel and asking questions was about environment the bedroom environment because you know I'm working with a lot of teenagers at the moment that about to start the GCSEs and A-levels there's a lot of revision going on a lot of work well we think there's a lot of revision going on a lot of work but how conducive is having your room just for sleep and not for study you know what what's your kind of take on on the whole kind of study bedroom type scenario i think in the ideal world the bedroom should be for sleep Mm. and that's generally the advice that you know adults would be given as well but in the practical world studying perhaps downstairs where it's busy and Mm. young siblings or older siblings you know lots of things going on you know, for most teens, they do want to be in their bedrooms. That's yeah. their safe space. That's their environment. They, like you said, they've got their lights and it's all pretty. And so it, it, I think the most important thing is for the bedroom to be somewhere that is relaxing and safe mm. and, you know, where they want to be. So if, you know, if they do have, if that's where they do do their study, mm. I think, again, maybe some boundaries around um, what time they're studying until. Mm. I mean, it's tricky when there's exams coming up and then, then there's lots of panic. But... Ultimately, if they're up all night trying to, you know, mix studying with distractions on their phones, mm. and, you know, then they're going to be tired and they're not going to do so well anyway the next day. So just having some, you know, some structure to their evening can mm. be really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so that it's kind of, they have clear boundaries. So, and things like, you know, even just going back to having a bath, you know, mm. when they're little, there's a whole thing around the bedtime routine mm. and bath. It's still important to do that mm. with, My my top parenting moment was when my son actually agreed on this weekend actually to come to a sound bath with me oh. at the new wellness barn over just outside of Marlow, um, and he um, the reason I did that was because 
um, I was just looking for things to help him just keep that kind of in that good headspace, you know, keep the stress at a, a minimum. However, as in typical team fashion, the Wickham were playing, uh, playoff was on Sunday that clashed at the same time as the sound bath. So my sound bath got, got knocked and I, I had to go on my own in the end. But the point is, they, these sort of things, if, if your teen is actually maybe struggling, if they'd be interested, you know, it's a new mm, thing, yeah. it's different. Mm. But actually, I fell asleep in that sound bath and I had the best night's sleep afterwards. And sometimes it's external influences as well. There are, bit off you know a bit different but they are getting more popular aren't they things like sound baths yeah. and things and meditations and i think their children are or teens are more receptive now to these kind of like yeah. ASMRs, another big one yeah explain to me about um, Ooh, asmr i'm like i keep hearing it and i haven't quite gone down the research route yet it's, it's just that repetitiveness <laughs> it's, it's a quiet constant noise so i guess it's you know could be likened to something like white noise or pink noise mm. familiar with. So, um, it's like it just tends to be like a a, um somebody so they tend to be on like youtube or um tiktok or whatever and they're just doing like they might be tapping or um like coloring but like scribbling it's like really really quiet repetitive noises or whispering people it's really popular with teens to literally listen to somebody whispering so can they search (laughs) what they search that up then and there's different options okay and, you know, again, I think if it helps, great, then let them use it. If it's not, obviously that's, that's a bit different. But I think, you know, they are they are more open, like you say, Claire, to these kind of alternatives. Mm. And, mm. you know, listening to um, sleep stories online, yeah. so Calm yeah. App or you know, any, any of the kind of, you can stream sleep stories on YouTube. Again, that comes back to then they've got to have a device in the room, but, you know, it's yeah. about how you manage that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of these things can come through those yeah, Alexa you things. Mm. Exactly, and you could, you could. So one of the things I do sometimes suggest is that you, if they have an Alexa in their room, they can, or whatever Google, you know, one of those things. You can connect it to an iPad or a phone that's outside of the room. Yeah. So that you're okay. controlling it, and, and they're not tempted to play on it, but mm. you can hear. Yeah, yeah. My son listens to a lot of Audible books because he doesn't like reading. So mm. with the compromises, yeah. Audible yeah. books, and that helps him. And the other thing that's, that's really good that teens love is you can get, um, just get one Amazon, um, sleep headbands. So they're soft. You can actually use them for running as well. They're Bluetooth earphones that are inside a headband. Okay. So not, they're, you know, they're, for, you know, they're kind of girls and boys. They're not mm. like a, I'm not talking like a, a flowery headband. <laughs> no <laughs> glitter involved then. Yeah, they just literally, um, they're really, really flat earphones that are inside. So and then they're not going into their ears, are no, they? No, not actually the outside, into their ears, yeah. yes, yeah. No, I have they, heard of those. Eye masks are a really good idea, aren't they? Yeah. Because actually, they can actually, yeah, if they're struggling and if they have got a light show going on in their, <laughs> in their room, <laughs> then they can kind of, it helps them switch off. Yeah. One of the things I know, Claire, that you had suggested me to, uh, going back quite some time, is the um, the oil in the diffuser. Oh, yeah. Because that's something I could, I found, I could kind of sneak it in almost, not yeah. make a big issue about it. Just have it in the room. And then just have that, have that going. Yeah. Yeah, actually, aroma's really good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I use a kind of multi-sensory approach with, all clients, actually, mm. quite from from tiny, 
flavors we talk about yeah diffusing oils yeah yeah you know, using touch using you know sight but that would be keeping it dark and yeah and so you can yeah you can absolutely do the same with, with teams and they you know they quite like that as well they can choose Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know, your teenagers as well, because one of my sons, sometimes I will massage oil on his feet before he goes to bed Mm. because he likes the way that feels where the other one would just be like, whatever. Um, So, yeah. So going back to basics of what like what we would do with babies and young children, you know, some of that stuff, you know, some of that connective stuff, they're not always completely anti it if approached in the right way. Do you you sometimes find that? Yeah, it depends on, like you say, their age, whether, you know, whether that's something that they would find relaxing or just annoying. Exactly. Like you say, it's like different, different. If they've had a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good point, well made. (laughs) (laughs) Not going through those feet. (laughs) Less has been a shower had. (laughs) Oh, bless. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so environment is important, isn't it? And I think even if they are doing homework or studying in their rooms maybe thinking about where they're doing it in their yeah, rooms so ideally not sat in bed mm. so they can have a separate workspace and that they can then clear it away so they're not looking at it it's mm. put away at a certain time yeah and obviously you know, it's, it, you know it's about working out what's best for you, your family and yeah. your setup because again it depends you know if you've got a, a house that does have a separate study your team might prefer to go and yeah. study somewhere else away from the bedroom but not yeah. everybody no and I think yeah like you say it's just being mindful of that and I did read some some research that said that actually if a psychologist was talking about if they're doing their homework and their study on the bed it kind of creates a mental association with that work so Mm. when they then try and use the bed for sleep the brain is kind of getting a little bit confused about what that space is for and I think that's the whole you know idea around ideally your bedroom should just be for sleeping because that you know that is Mm. isn't Well, they, ho- hopefully, with what's the last couple of years, yeah. you know, homes, yeah. you would hope that have some kind of working from home space, which in the evening, I know in our house, we're not using. So there's a desk that's yeah. there. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges for children, particularly <clears throat> when the school shut, you know, two years ago, was that they were working in their rooms, weren't they? Mm. Because initially, mm. everyone was like, everyone was at home and mm. everyone was having to work. Mm. And it was like, where do they go? Or well, they're naturally going to go in their rooms. And I know I work with quite a few young people who then subsequently developed a lot of sleep it challenges because they'd just literally been in their caves, aka their bedrooms, yeah. Yeah. for a, for a good number of weeks. And that was a big that was a big yeah. challenge. I don't know whether you found similar challenges with the pandemic and yeah, sleep. Definitely. Well, yes, it's changed. And, you know, I think it was 83% of um, young teens that were surveyed said that they felt that the the pandemic had a negative issue on their mental health, which, of course, then has, you know, and that's a whole you know, other thing, that, you know, which you know, could talk for hours on as well, the fact, you know, that the mental health effect it has on their sleep and vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, after, you know, I think through and after the pandemic, it's made a huge difference yeah. on yeah. young teens. What's your view on teenage? I, I haven't um, 
teenagers sleeping during the day or having naps during the day what what's kind of how do you talk to teenagers about that because I often get parents who come to me and like they're so lazy they go to sleep when they get in from school and I'm like then they're not going to sleep because we go back into that old mode of when they were younger oh my god if they sleep now and they sleep this long they're not going to sleep tonight (laughs) and their whole focus and we kind of go back into that pattern but what kind of perspective do you take on that kind of thing I would say, you know, it's, yeah, I think it's very good to be mindful of the fact that, yeah, if they come in from school at, I don't know, half three, four o'clock and then have, you know, a two-hour nap, of course, they're not going to be ready even at 11 or 12 o'clock because they won't have built up sleep pressure. So, mm. you know, it's, all of us need to build sleep pressure through the day to get tired enough to then need to, um, to go back to sleep again. So, but fair enough, it's, you know, it's, it can be tiring, it can be exhausting, and sometimes a power nap is is really you know even mm. for us adults is really really valuable so i would say to try and keep it to sort of 20 20 minutes mm. to half an hour yeah if they can i mean it's quite hard to wake <laughs> <laughs> I know. i'm not sure i'm trying that <laughs> we call it the lion's den in our house <laughs> going in there <laughs> um, but yeah just trying to kind of not let them sleep for too long yeah that's tricky for parents at work though yeah the, the teens coming home and just going to sleep so, you know, maybe setting an alarm or, you know, I don't know, getting them to sort of check in with you mm. at, I don't know, say five o'clock. They, mm. they need to give you a call to, you know, so you know they're awake. Yeah. But just definitely, yeah, I mean, if they have a, if they have a big long nap, it's, it's going to really skew their sleep. So it's a ma- the amount of time. So maybe 20 minutes is quite optimal, maybe if they've had a really busy day yeah, and their brains are quite nice. quite tired and that and they, but, you know, more than that might be. Yeah, so 20 minutes, half an hour, really. But they're not going to no they the they timing as well obviously better earlier in the day than yeah and what about with them kind of, you know, because teenagers love a lie-in, don't they? So if we leave them to their own devices, and again, lockdown showed us that because they kind of got into it. I know my boys got into a very di- different sleep pattern, mm. um, which was then, you know, interesting going back to school. But I often, you know, I talk about teenagers are not lazy. There's a lot going mm. on in their brain during the teen years. But what what's your kind of take on the whole lie-in bed in, on, a, on a weekend, say, yeah. or holidays okay. and stuff? Again, you know, the, the absolute optimum is that they, is they wake up the same time every single day and mm-hmm. they go to bed at the same time every day. But that, in practical terms, for most families, um, you know, even adults want to have a bit of a lion. Mm. I, I do say, you know, if, if they need a bit of a lion, allow, I would allow some give or take. I wouldn't let them lie in. The problem is if they then sleep till, say, midday mm-hmm. on a weekend, they're then not going to, again, be tired enough to go to sleep you know, 10, 11 hours mm. later, they need to build that sleep pressure up. So trying to get them up, you know, they might have an activity that, that perhaps would get them up, but mm. um, or planning something so that they are up, you know, at a reasonable time. Um, I mean, really, yeah, you should try, the, the, the optimum is for them to try and be up, I'd say by sort of nine o'clock, but realistically. Just drop a stack of saucepans outside <laughs> the door. Oops, what was that? Sorry. No idea, don't know what you're talking about. You must have had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, I try to be realistic. I'm, I'm a parent of teens as well. I do, I get it. So I, you know, it's all very good and well to say they should wake up at exactly the same time. They should be up at seven o'clock on a Saturday and a Sunday. But in real, you know, in mm. terms, it's mm. not. It's not and I don't want to get up as early on a weekend as no. a week. <laughs> <Sunday> <laughs> but you know, I think it's it's kind of finding what works mm. again for you and your family. And, yeah. and, and again, educating the teen on look, if you sleep till this time, how are you going to get to sleep at? You know, but then of course they want to have a slightly later night on the weekend. That's 
time yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and holidays, that can be tricky, particularly in the summer holidays. Yeah. Because they can shift their whole sleep pattern. So I would, again, say, you know, at least a week before they're due to go back, start shifting that back. So mm. start getting them up a bit earlier, getting them to bed a bit a bit earlier than they, than they might have been. Yeah, yeah. Because I think... Yeah, I think it's, and again, it comes back to you've got to involve them in these kind of conversations because if you just go in and go, well, you're going back to school in a week's time, you've got to go and start going to bed earlier. When they were younger, we could kind of work with that, but now it's like, yeah, what? Or or they'll humour you and then you'll go in their room and they're still awake, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, you know, my my son Rose, so bless him, he hasn't had a lot. He hasn't had, he's been up so early the last couple of weeks and it's just been like, dragging his oh i'm really tired and actually i I would love him to have the opportunity to sleep a bit longer but i think for most i think it's that lack of structure that i think does impact doesn't it without having to get out for school or having to get out for something but you talked a little bit about quickly about sleep pressure can you explain what what sleep pressure is or how you define it yeah, so we all need to build that sleep pressure up, like I say. And, and if you go back to when they're babies mm. um, and they nap in the day, that's because they've built up so much sleep pressure, they, they need to nap to kind of reduce that pressure. Mm. Otherwise, they get really, really overtired and mm-hmm. So, you know, similarly, again, if we, if we, have, a, if we have a nap or mm-hmm. our teens have a nap too close to bedtime, there's not going to be enough time to build, to build that back up. So there's mm-hmm. a combination... You've obviously got your circadian rhythm, then there's you know, the, the sleep pressure as well, and then there could be other things that influence the ability to sleep, like diet, um, you know, physical exercise, that's another thing. And then we've obviously talked about the screen time and mental health. So there's lots of things that affect sleep, but yeah, sleep pressure is, is, is a big one. Mm. And similarly, if, you, if you're up at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning for something, that's why the, the sleep pressure that's built up will be why you're then dipping at 8 o'clock. That's why you don't want your landline to go off at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no. (laughs) Or to then start beeping at 4am. Oh, that was just not funny. That was definitely a Phoebe from Friends moment, that was. I couldn't find the phone. That was the problem. So, yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break with um, the cause, Only When I Sleep. And I didn't mention that we listened earlier to Bad Habits with Ed Sheeran. So, hopefully, all things that will eventually rectify themselves. I'm hoping there is some light at the end of the tunnel, Emily. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Touch yourself in the air. 
Good morning and welcome back to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. You're listening to School of Parenting and my co-host today is Claire Cogan, a teen specialist and author of Reopening the Slam Door. And Claire's guest is Emily Guyver from Sweet Dreams Sleep Coaching. Um, And Claire um, has worked with Emily uh, over the years and today we've been chatting about um, how you as a parent and in your family home you can understand the uh, changes that your child goes through with their sleep patterns um we've been chatting about some tips on how you can actually help your teen and hopefully get them to listen to you um and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be chatting now about if you need more specific help how emily can help you um if you've missed anything throughout the show you can listen back on podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts um just search for river radio school of parenting so Emily, I was just saying that hopefully, eventually, things all go back to normal, do they, at some point? <laughs> is, there, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? You know, can we kind of just 
sometimes you know accept it and go it's sort of we can do as much as we can obviously and you've given us lots of uh, tips and guidance but will it eventually we assume it will eventually change because hopefully they will move out get a job and (laughs) start doing nine to five or whatever it is and that's the thing yeah once they get I think a lot of the time it's, it's once they have some autonomy over their choices and what, and what they're doing and they tend to, um, you know, realise that they need to get to sleep because they've got to get out for work or for whatever they're doing as they get a bit older. And, and obviously, you know, just the brain development that happens and, you know, the, um, that finishes within, in their mid-twenties, you know, that kind of helps with everything overall in their sleep. Yeah, I think things do change, don't they? But I think we, when we're in the middle of it, I think you always need to have a little bit of hope that yes. things will get definitely, better definitely. and they will kind of they will improve. And I and I and and I don't know. Do, uh, just a quick question about the seasons. Do the seasons have an impact on sleep as well? So when it's darker earlier and or yeah. lighter in the evenings, does yeah. that be, does that become yeah. more of a challenge too? So that comes back to similar to what I was saying about the, the darkness and how you know. 200 years ago before we had electricity and lighting and everything that keeps us awake and people had candlelight in the evening. Mm. As a society, we went to sleep much earlier. So people would go to bed at 8, 9 o'clock. Mm. We actually, there's a whole thing about, you know, there's lots more science into it about how we used to then wake in the middle of the night for a couple of hours and go back to sleep again. Mm. But that follows, you know, obviously with the, yeah, with the sun in the summer, we tend to be exposed to more light for later and longer, whereas in the winter, yeah, we, t- we would get tired earlier generally because it's darker. Outside. That's really interesting. And also, another thing, um, uh, I've some research around teenagers actually learn best later into the evening have you ever heard that before so they have a great capacity to learn new skills anyway during the teen years but actually there was some research done um i attended a webinar a couple of months ago and they basically observed the most primitive tribe they could and they found that the 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 adolescents as they call them were kind of like late into the night you know were kind of that's the time that they were allocated to kind of learn how to move into kind of the adult adult sort of behavior and skills and all of that stuff so that was a new thing um I, I wrote it down in my book that I write everything down in and then forget about but um (laughs) but actually that really struck me because I I talk to a lot of teenagers about you know what they're doing and you know they're sitting there like learning to crochet or writing music at like two o'clock in the morning and you're kind of you're you're kind of like because their brains seem to be on that high alert but I suppose it's about retraining that brain to actually maybe function at an earlier time I think and definitely you're right there is research which I'd be fascinated to read about mm. yeah we do know that um, we consolidate the things that we learn when we sleep so yeah yeah things that you've you've just learned or read before you go to sleep tend to then consolidate overnight in you know in your sleep structure so um it makes sense but obviously yeah trying to get them to do it a bit earlier challenges of the modern <laughs> world yeah I watched YouTube and learned how to crochet at two o'clock in the morning that was one of the conversations I had I was like okay so I wonder if there's another good time you could actually watch YouTube and learn how to crochet and then do some crochet yeah (laughs) to help you go to sleep I was like yeah I I love those curveballs that teenagers throw you and it teaches me a lot about what yeah (laughs) that's what happens look at the cushion I made cushion (laughs) how long were you awake I was yeah it's um 
but I need you know just to kind of explain a bit more Emily about how you how you can if someone a parent if they really are struggling with a what I term more of a nocturnal teenager and they're concerned about the impact that's having maybe on school or on on their mental health again as we talked about earlier how can they how can they work with you how would you how would you work with them so I I do work online with families so I do um, zoom or you know um, video calling but I also do if they're quite local or travelable then I do home visits and I find that works really really well um, for, particularly for teens, because I think you know it's, there's something about sort of meeting face to face, seeing their environment as well, and understanding, you know, mm. being able to then make suggestions to how mm. they can perhaps adapt things. But um, yeah, generally that that seems to be quite successful, more successful I find in many ways because you get to build a bit more of a rapport. Mm. But I mean, it works fine over you know online as well. But I just you know you tend to get a bit it's a better kind of way to kind of get to know them and then to know you as well yeah because I was saying in the break you know I think we associate sort of your kind of specialism with young babies and young children but I think even myself wasn't really I wasn't really aware that you do actually work with teenagers and you know I I think that's great because like you say if you can go into their environment and just make little suggestions Mm. they're much more likely to take that from you than than a parent absolutely so I think you know that that makes a huge amount of sense and kind of feeling like there's someone that's working with them rather than just telling them what to do yeah, yeah. and actually oh so go on <laughs> i was gonna say i have you know worked with some kind of you know surlier teens who who's this woman but i try to kind of you know yeah build a bit of a rapport with them and say i'm not i'm not going to come in and say right like you said you know, mm. you've got to do this this and this and you know i think they think that i'm going to go in and say right that's it all Electronics mm. gone at six pm, and you know, bath mm. at eight, and in bed by half. <laughs> <laughs> With your warm milk, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, uh, <laughs> "On your bike." <laughs> so, yeah, oh. so just I think reassuring them that yeah, it's not, it's not about. Well, I was I was going to say that when I mean when our children are younger and toddlers, I mean I know myself. There's so much that goes into finding out everything and the science behind things, and you know you're reading those bit, books about their nap times and their sleeps and this and that. We can mm. probably all back then repeat it back, but actually it's not so the case so it has been great to hear Emily that this you were there <laughs> to help people basically <laughs> there is a lot of relief parents out there somebody there and and it and but I think also importantly that it is an issue that a lot of parents and a lot of families do struggle with it's going on isn't yeah. it with teens in you know well I I know it's the, the root of most of the mental health challenges that I'm supporting teenagers with mm. and talking to parents about every single day I know the root comes back down to the sleep yeah, and if we can address sure. the sleep pattern yeah. mm. and the consolidation and the as I call it emptying that good old stress bucket through the rapid eye movement sleep we would in terms of being able to move forward it, it's so much more effortless you can mm. really tell the difference and and that is the biggest challenge and I think I think we don't get as much information or as much support you know we get the don't have their phones in their room but it's about how we go about mm. it depends on the relationship we have and the communication that we have and how we work that through and it might not be possible you know to just take it out without having a complete explosion so I think yeah and I suppose you know asking you on here today so I really wanted to reassure parents that there is help out there there are people that Mm. that are there to to help you because it's it's not always easy because they do talk talk back to you and they will say no Mm. Mm. 
or, or, or try and give you the spiel that no actually this is quite relaxing <laughs> actually we know that's not <laughs> yes we do <laughs> blue we do. light or whatever it's called yeah yeah so how can people contact you emily or find out more uh, mm. so i've got a website sweet dream soup coaching.co.uk and i'm also on instagram sweet dream soup and facebook Great. And then what we can do is on our River Radio Facebook, I will put those links in as well and also link through to the to the podcast. And when we're all well slept and fresh, we can listen back <laughs> and actually do some of those things. Brilliant. But thank you so much, Emily, for coming. And I think it's I, I was really pleased um, to have you on today because I, I know that this is a big challenge right now. And I think, you know, anything we can do and um, hopefully listeners have taken on some tips that they can take away and maybe think about and sleep on. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Hopefully, hopefully sleep on. And if they don't, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is, you know, maybe like, I don't know, a red sunset. <laughs> that's, that's my biggest thing. You'll be today. switching all the lights <laughs> on, right, don't you? There'll be no more blue LED lights going on. It will all be red. I'll be going around the house at six o'clock, whatever time. So, no, thank you so much, Emily Guyver from Sweet Dreams Sleep Coaching and Claire Cogan, our teen specialist um, here on school of parenting the school that you want to come back to because family life does not come with a manual and don't we know that um so coming up later today is the lovely tara dean uh, this evening with inside the music scene um later on this week we have got jenny tishi let's do lunch um she's got a very interesting uh show there with um interviewing a cook back from uh years and years and years ago that's all i'm going to say on that but uh yeah definitely listen into uh jenny on friday next week on school of parenting we will be talking to um joe keys natural chef so actually she's going to be chatting to us about how important food is i mean we touched on it a little bit and you said emily you're a bit involved in that but just how um yeah just eating for teens especially with the exam exam time coming up so thank you for lis- for listening thank you again emily and to claire lovely to have you here and um we look forward to seeing you next week on li- listening even on school of parenting across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this <laughs>